So here's where I uh, come out of the closet once again and say not only was I and am still an avid role player, both in FF14 and out, I was also an avid erotic role player, and I worked in a brothel no! in FF14 no! for no! many years. Oh, Callie, no. <laughs> How are you dropping this out? What? I, just, I, I figure if we're going to have this conversation, I might as well be honest about it. Hey everybody, welcome to Checkpoint AFK, your podcast where we talk about everything away from the keyboard. We're still surrounding a little bit of video games. I am your host, Norris Howard, joined with Callie Sloan and Robbie Landis and a very, very special guest this week, guest hosting with us for the show is Aaron Simon. You know her from Cheddar Esports. You know her from her own stream where you can check her out and you know her from a litany of games and uh, or game coverage and game events uh, with ESPN and so many more. Aaron Simon, thank you for joining us on this week's edition of AFK. You're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you guys for having me. I have to admit, you definitely hyped me up a lot more because there's definitely some people who have no idea who I am. Um, <laughs> but And that's okay. But yeah, no, I'm excited for this. I, I especially looked at the topics. Um, and I, I thought that this week, was weird and crazy enough, but some of the conversations we're about to have, like it just took it to a whole other level. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know it's it, it's it's funny, and we'll we'll get into some of those conversations in a minute. But um, Aaron is somebody who uh, I personally have you know followed and and loved seeing uh, all the things that they do, you know, from like the grassroots podcast and everything that that you do that I just think is so awesome. And you're always talking about the culture. You're always collaborating with really, really awesome personalities. And we're just very lucky to have you on the show today. And and we really appreciate it. And if you have not followed her or have not, you know, interacted with Aaron, you are doing yourself a, a disservice. So uh, before we get into the conversations, Aaron, you know, where, what, what are some things you've been working on and, and, and doing, especially since we've been in quarantine? Oh my gosh, that is, oh my gosh. Uh, so I've been working on a lot of broadcasts, so a lot of charity broadcasts, um, a lot of these different remote broadcasts that have like that culture slash esports and gaming component to it. Uh, and then my agents have been working on a lot of stuff for me as well. I can't quite speak to these things yet, but there are some really cool things behind the scenes that I'm, I'm working on uh, putting together, uh, especially when it comes to um, I, I'm, I always talk about providing opportunities for those who are in the underserved communities in esports and gaming and really highlighting certain aspects of the industry that need to be improved on. Uh, so yeah. I've been working, you know, been speaking with different orgs and been speaking with different companies in terms of like, what can we do now to further, uh, obviously, you know, the esports and gaming industry is, is always growing and ever growing, but what are some ways that we can help to improve it and make it a better experience for everyone? Uh, so I've been working on some side projects in terms of that. And then I've been having fun with my friends and I started streaming like, Streaming for me is just like like a fun thing to do. Like my obviously my main bread and butter is hosting, but you know I I have like a newfound. I, I've always had respect for streamers, but I have like a whole other level of respect for them since doing it. And it's kind of it's pretty therapeutic as well. I feel like I can like just be myself and play. And and I have to admit I cuss a lot when I play sometimes, so it's a little bit <laughs> it shows a different side of me too. So I've been enjoying all of it. I totally get it being yeah, therapeutic yeah. though. When I first came out, like. Those late night streams, just talking to people was like mm -hmm. so helpful for like working yep. through the feelings. It was, it was big. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. It uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, we definitely want to get into talking about some weirdness in video games, <laughs> but to shift gears, uh, it is impossible for us to move forward in the show and not talk about the current unrest uh in minneapolis right now in twin cities uh and i definitely have to bring this up because one of our first major affiliates uh was around the twin cities area when we first started checkpoint back way way back when it was checkpoint radio uh minneapolis was one of the first communities to embrace us as a show as well as bemidji minnesota as well and seeing everything that is going on around the killing of George Floyd, 
um, I felt like this is a moment where we as people, gamers in particular, as a cohort, um, there's no way that we can continue to talk, you know, to ignore these things. Gaming and gamers are one of the largest demographics in the country. In the Everybody world. plays video games yeah. in the world. Everybody virtually plays video games. And it is impossible for us to see something like this happening and to say that, you know, we can't speak to it. There's gamers out there protesting. You, there's somebody out there right now who's like sitting in front of a wall of flames and probably pulled their switch out just because they're like, oh, man, you know, I, I got to get this quick. You know what I'm saying? I got to sell some some bells. I don't know. I don't play Animal Crossing, but somebody probably played Animal Crossing in the middle of a protest yesterday. But the point is, is that this is a serious situation that continues to happen. And yet I still see for the vast majority I still see silence from the gaming community outside of obviously African American content creators. So, Aaron, I, I want to I want to throw this to you first mm-hmm. and and say, you know, obviously you've been following this as well. Um, what are your feelings right now? How do how do you feel? And and you know what what have you been seeing in your communities and your networks? So, so for me, uh. I'm always someone who, especially when it comes to these moments, I feel like it's so important to be very precise uh, with your words. I mean, everyone responds differently, right? Um, and so for me, I sat back because I know that there's certain people that are, you know, are, are watching the gaming community and are like, okay, how are, who's responding and who's not responding, right? And I feel like there are certain people who are not, speaking because one i based off of my co- i've been having private private conversations with different people and basically what they're saying is they don't as 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 white allies they don't they don't want to step on the black community's toes like they want to figure out like how can they help but they don't know what's the best way to go about it and so yeah. for me you know that's why like anytime i've seen like certain people they've been like uh, retweeting like what other what other people in the community, specifically black community have been saying, like they've been retweeting those sentiments and those feelings. And so I, I actively reached out to them and I'm like, listen, like if you have a question and if you don't know how to convey how you feel or how you want to help, like it's okay to ask. I think that, you know, one, there are people who aren't speaking up and it's very evident. And, and I understand there are certain people that, don't want to speak up because they are afraid of potentially not getting work or potentially, you know, being blackballed or just saying the wrong thing. And now is not the time for that. Right. Yeah. It was very clear as day that this man was killed. He was murdered. There's footage that it was what they did was not okay for the police. And, you know, and, and, and the conversation that or the tweets that I put out was like, listen, Today is the day to have that conversation. Today is the day for us to to speak on these things. And for anyone who is an ally or for anyone who may feel discomfort with having this conversation, you know, I straight up said that discomfort that you may have in 30 minutes to an hour is never going to be the level of discomfort that someone like myself have just being Mm -hmm. black in America and living it day in and day out. So you can handle a 30 minute to an hour discomfort conversation because I, we ourselves have uncomfortable conversations with people every single day just because Maybe, we are human yeah. beings. And it's to a point, too, where it's like I, it's like I, we, we shouldn't have to constantly prove that being a human being at the end of the day is worth us having our life be valuable. Like it's, we shouldn't have to constantly prove that and we shouldn't have to constantly be discredited. Now, of course, no, there are it, – Oh, I was just going to say that's that's absolutely true. And, you know, I, I've been seeing, you know, the 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 conversation on social media and I've been seeing it and I, I, I echo your sentiment. But to me, as at, at a certain point, and I think this is where I begin to differ from a lot of folks, because to me, at a certain point, I get to a point where I feel like, why am I still having to educate folks like it's 2020 you know what i mean and it's like you know this stuff is very cut and dry it's very in your face it's right there why are why is it still 
you know, on the African-American community or any other community to continue to educate other people. The information is out there. Somebody like, you know, even even like uh, uh, Robbie, you know, here in the show is somebody who grew up in a you know a more remote part of Michigan. You know what I mean? A more remote part of the it's a very state. kind way and, of putting it, Norris. OK, you grew up in the fucking boondocks, man. I was trying to be nice. But the, the key that I'm saying is, is that you the, nobody had to sit down and have a conversation, which I, I have never actively sat down with you and had a conversation to say, this is what it's like to be black. You were kind of like, no, dude, I read books and watch TV like I know for a fact what it's like, you know, or, or it can have an example. I, I, I don't know. I don't see why it's still our responsibility to continue to educate folks when common sense should prevail. But I also, oh, I'm sorry. You no, go. you're fine. Go ahead. I, but I also feel like with that, like we have to understand that historically, right? Anytime there is yeah. big change, there has to be multiple routes, right? We've seen everything. There's always a duality of that, right? From my, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X, right? There's, there's always going to be, there has to be this one path of, of continuing to, to, continue to speak on these things. And then there's another, that's a course of action. The one thing I realized is when I went to school in Kentucky, there are people who literally have never been around a black person until I went to college with them. So all they know is the information that media and the information that they got from videos. And unfortunately for as big as the internet is and as resourceful it is, it also has a lot of inaccurate information. So unfortunately we're going to, we're going to have to continue to dispel these things because People don't know what's where where the best places and the best information they can get. Like you can't even you can't even rely on the news because even the presentation of black people in media and news is still poor. There's still stereotypes that are being portrayed, and not just in black people. There's stereotypes that are being portrayed about many people, a lot of underserved communities. So we will have to we will have to answer some of these questions and speak. I would rather yeah. though. I would rather. I would rather educate and speak to someone who is taking the time to ask the questions because the one thing I've realized too, is like, there's a difference. There's, there is a difference between ignorance and racism. Sometimes they are connected as one, but there is a difference. And I would rather educate and I would rather give people books that they could read where it's like, I don't have to sit here and say, but maybe they don't know where to go. Maybe they don't know what books to read because they don't have any black people in their lives to tell them. Right. So it's kind of like, if you don't have, if you don't have anyone in your life that is part of that community, you don't know where to start. So I, so I think, you know, yeah, and and you know, I want to I want to bring Callie in on this one because Callie, you you have been very active on on social uh, recently around this. Um, I've been seeing you engage with a lot of people around this, and you know, uh, very briefly, you know, what is what has been the reaction that you've been getting? Because I I don't have an eye into how you know, uh, white folks are talk- talking to other white folks about this. Right. Because that is the one side of the conversation that I think that is where actual substantive cultural change can happen because I can't tell you how to change your community from the outside. Uh, that has to come from within. So when it comes to something like this, and as gamers, all of us, obviously we can impact our, our community uh from within gaming but what has that conversation been like because i'm curious to 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 hear you know how those conversations have have you know transpired well i'm gonna i'll tackle that from two perspectives uh the first and let me preface this by saying i am not playing the pain olympics by any stretch of the imagination here obviously i come out of the trans community and the lgbt community which has their own set of horrific statistics and figures that they have to contend with on a daily basis but even i will recognize that at the end of the day I had the choice of whether or not to come out and I will live with the consequences, both good and bad of having made that choice. You do not get to make that choice on whether to come out as black. You don't get to have the Twitter (laughs) announcement where you're like, guys, some of you may have known this for a long time, but I'm black. You know, I'm black. (laughs) You don't have that option. Whereas I did. And I think that kind of plays into a little bit of what the white community uh, is feeling right now as we look at the this horrifying thing happen over and over again, right? And it, it, let's make no mistake, this has been happening like clockwork all, more frequently than school shootings, I feel like, for the better part of the last, oh, I don't know, 270-some years. So yeah. I, I think 
what a lot of white people see, or at least I know I had my period of feeling this way, is I would look at that and go, okay, that's horrifying. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do about that. Maybe if I just put my fingers in my ears and look away, it'll stop happening. And as much as it shames me to admit that that thought had crossed my my mind, I have to sit here and think, listen, I don't even know how to begin to affect change on that level, which is why today when I started getting really involved in this conversation because I'd finally had fucking enough of it, I started seeing people in the LGBT community. I started seeing women's groups. I started seeing all other affected groups all come together on this one and just be like, holy shit, this isn't okay. And even if it's not, you know, a trans person this time, it very well could be a trans person next time. I said it on my Facebook this morning. It's not about saying you can't be a cis white het male. That's, it's not about saying that's not okay. Yeah. It's totally okay to be that person. It's about recognizing that if you are not all four of those things, you can be murdered in this country and there will be no consequences for it. Look up trans yeah. panic. And, it's a horrifying concept, but it exists. Yeah. And, and Robbie, as the cis het white male on the show, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, the, the one thing I will say is, is that we, you and I have had some conversations about this kind of stuff and, and, and we're going to wrap it up on this one. But but uh, Robbie, you know, seeing all this happen and knowing that there is so much animus out there, you know, how are you feeling about this? And, you know, what what is what is your take on this? Oh, uh, horrifying is th- an understatement to, to what I think, you know, uh, the, the, the country is seeing right now. And, you know, I have recently there's been a family member that uh, I don't think that they mean any ill will. I think that they that, that, that they could probably be swayed like one way or the other. You know, it's not like they're combative whenever I post anything or mm-hmm. share anything, but they always try to come at it from with some skepticism and, and not in an aggressive way, like, like some people do, but even in that case, trying to talk it out with them, it's, it's so difficult because it's like people are constantly looking for excuses to try and fight back or, or to, to try and, and, and justify this. And, you know, yeah, recently, as, as, as Lloyd in the chat has said, you know, what about ism? You yeah. know, well, what about you know, yes. when black yes. people kill other mm-hmm. black people? What about when they loot? That, that kind well, of stuff. Well, you try yeah. to justify it because if you can't justify it, it, in, it indicates a need for systemic change, and systemic change is scary. Well, yeah. and, and, and yeah. I, th- I think for me, what, what has started to feel so hopeless about this is, you know, with the armed protests uh, that happened in Michigan's capital nine weeks ago. Yep. Like, it, it, it's like these things are literally happening side by side, a second after the other, and people still don't get it. And and, and like Kelly had said, I, I, I'm at the point where I don't know what to do. Yeah, it, it, it's difficult. Uh, Aaron, We want, I want to give you the last word on this one before we move on. Uh, you know, hearing those comments, you know, what, how do we move forward? You know, as gamers, as people, as a society, as a country, in your opinion, you know, what, what, what steps should we be taking right now? I mean, that's, uh, it's so complex. I mean, there's so many different things that we can do. But what, what I would say is for those who who want to help, who don't quite know what to do, like have a conversation with your friends, right? Have a conversation, um, ask them if, you know, cause I think the, the what about part, they don't fully understand that these feelings and these sentiments and these emotional moments that are happening right now, it's not like it just popped up today. This is something that happens day in and day out and day in, day out. And I think the best thing that you can do is just talk to your friends ask them who are some good representatives in terms of social injustice that they can follow, that they can learn from, they can understand. Um, And then understanding like, how can they, like, what can they do? I think that one of the best things, like if you are from another community, then speak to your community about what's going on. You know, not only talk to the people within the black community, but have those tough conversations with, with your friends, like, and feel like, and, and you have to look at yourself. Are you doing enough? Because right now, no, they, I'll be answered. I'll be honest. The answer is no. Like we're still, we're still having this problem. So clearly everyone across the board is not doing enough. 
And I think that at this point, it's not on the black community for, for us to be trying to convince and say, like, this needs to change. No, it's it's on us to tell everyone else right now, like, and and, and this is in no way an attacking at all, but it's, it's, it's right now, like, we have to tell everyone you're not doing enough. But if you want to do something, we are here and we will help guide you and we will help answer any of your questions and we will have it be a, 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 a uncomfortable, but yet a productive and progressive journey for you so yes. we can get to a better place ultimately not only for the black community but for everyone else because we have to help one another at the end of the day it, you know the same way that for example the lgbtq plus they help us we help them like we have to work yeah. as one yeah. at the end of the day no Absolutely. one should have to justify their own existence we should be justifying each yep. other Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Well said. Well said, everybody. And uh, we're going to unfortunately leave the conversation at that. You know, and listen, if you guys out there want to continue this conversation, want to continue talking about it um, as gamers, and we definitely should uh, join any of these discords, join our discord, join uh, the grassroots podcast discord. These conversations are happening everywhere they're happening in in the discords they're happening on twitter they're happening on facebook wherever join them do not be afraid to join these conversations do not be afraid to ask questions and sound somewhat ignorant if you you know if you don't know it is much better to ask the question than it is to make the assumption so let's talk about it let's move forward and let's figure out a way how we can all become better because this this is unacceptable. It can't keep happening. And my last note uh, is that if you are upset about people burning down a police station or looting a target more than you are about the loss of a actual human life, uh, you just might be kind of trash. So stop stop mentioning that you know false equivalency. Um, somebody's dead. That is much more important and impactful than, I don't know, Target losing a, a, a few, you know, uh, 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 slap chops or whatever it is they sell. But anyway, uh, we are going to be right back with more Checkpoint AFK where we're going to lighten it up a little bit where we talk about a bunch of furious neckbeards and how they've actually pressured HBO into releasing the Snyder Cut. We will be right back with that conversation on Checkpoint AFK. Hey guys, I'm Jake. And I'm Robbie Landis. Giving you that high-level perspective of the Overwatch League, checking out the news every single week. That's right. You can find us every Friday at CheckpointXP.com and over our YouTube. You can also find an audio version on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back to Checkpoint AFK. Your host, Norris Howard here, here again with a very special guest, Aaron Simon. You know her from Cheddar Esports and a ton of other places. She is here as our guest host today. And we also got a couple usual suspects, Robbie Landis and Callie Sloan. Uh, We're now going to talk about a phenomenon that has occurred uh, over the past few weeks where uh, HBO Max, HBO's new streaming service, can't even really call it new, it's just kind of a rebrand. They are releasing next year the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Uh, It was announced in a tweet uh, and in a few press releases. I'm going to throw this over to Robbie as our resident (laughs) comic book expert. Um, The Snyder Cut has been a dog whistle for, you know, uh, I don't even want to call them film nerds, uh, but people who've been really frustrated with the DC film experience. Can you give us a little more context on the Snyder Cut and what the hell this thing is? Yeah, so when uh, Justice League had first came out and uh, bombed, I think to date it may be one of the worst performing DC movies, uh, the fanboys, the Snyder fanboys specifically, I think, uh, you know, rallied around this idea because uh, Zack Snyder had said, you know, there is a uh, a director's cut, my own personal cut, which is more of what my vision was because Joss Whedon was brought in at the last uh, minute by uh, Warner Brothers to fix or finish or whatever it was. So the reason, according to these uh, fanboys, 
that Justice League didn't do well. It's all on Joss Whedon. It's his fault. So the release, the Snyder Cut, came from this this idea that uh, Zack Snyder said, there's a, a version of my own making that is more in line with what it was supposed to be. First of all, we now know that's a lie because apparently it's going to take another $30 million to finish the Snyder Cut. So to me, that's the first thing that kind of makes this whole thing suspect. Um, we actually talked about this on The Other Identity, uh, which... I think will be out around the same time as this. Maybe go to checkpoint XP and look for that as well. If you want a, a different take on it. Um, but uh, Norris, you, you had mentioned that this sets, uh, first of all, a pretty dangerous precedent. I think that that precedent has already been set, uh, but this just reinforces it. This is the same type of stuff that the star Wars, uh, you know, the, the, the last three um, oh, entries God. in the star Wars franchise have been given into this idea that this outraged, uh, uh, you know, vocal entitled, um, minority of fans you know should get their way because something that they loved isn't what they thought that it should be yeah i I mean you know i looked at justice league first of all i i don't like dc comics at all i don't like superman i don't like the flash i don't i don't like anything involved with dc comics besides batman and movie wonder woman because movie wonder woman is dope um But everybody else is kind of whack to me. And Ben Affleck Batman is whack too. But the thing is, is that I thought this, I thought this shit was dead on arrival to begin with. I don't know why anybody had any expectations for Justice League to begin with because none of the other movies were good. But I digress. All two of them? Yeah, they weren't good. Even Aquaman is is not great. But the point is, is that you're right. I, I what I don't understand and what I fear is that every time a movie gets released that is based on an old IP or a well-known IP is that people will make so much noise that whatever the director's original vision was it's not going to matter and it will completely be erased by internet trolls and neckbeards and nobody will be allowed to be creative ever again. That's how it feels. That is truly how it feels. Because let a bad movie be a bad movie. That's fine. That is fine. And Omega Welltall in the chat said, Aquaman equals underwater Black Panther. I want you to shut up, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, listen, like, we have seen movies that were relatively decent movies that get butchered in the editing room. Like, that is something that happens. I'm, I mean, not to say that this was a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just drawing from a experience of a movie that got better when the second cut was released. Let's look at, look at like Halloween 6, which is something I'd never want to ever have to say out loud again. Uh, <laughs> Halloween 6 is a movie that got filmed and it was done. And they showed a cut to a bunch of 12-year-old boys who said, eh, I don't think it's very good. It's not very interesting. And they recut it to make it more interesting for a group of 12-year-old boys who is not the target audience of Halloween. And what got released was a dumpster fire. So then they went uh, went back and did the original cut and released that. And everyone went, you know what? This movie still sucks, but it's way better at least. I don't know. I'm just saying sometimes... Are you being a Snyder Cut apologist? Oh, You're being God. a Snyder Cut No, apologist. here's the difference. They didn't spend $30 million to finished the movie they just re-released it in the unaltered version which is i guess fine by me this is a case of like they're spending 30 million dollars and calling it a recup no what it is is a do-over you know snyder has said that uh there's apparently 75 percent of the footage that he filmed wasn't used including uh dark side was apparently supposed to be in there he has since also even put out a um 480p resolution picture of dark side which you can't Stop make it. anything out it's it's did, absolutely ridiculous did we forget but, at some um, point that the snyder movies are garbage like why why <laughs> that's, what I, that's what i don't understand name me a snyder movie that was like look god level look guys what, I, I don't get it i i actually re-watched for for the other identity since we're gonna be talking about justice league i took it upon myself to re-watch that movie and it was worse than I remembered. And 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 I think what what actually tears me up the most is from a conceptual standpoint, there are a lot of ideas in that film that could have that that could have worked, right? There's this great scene when when they're trying to de- when Bruce and Diana are deciding whether or not they should bring back Superman using a mother box 
which sounds like a terrible idea, right? And Diana says so. And Bruce is like, but we need him back. And this scene, if they would have had, I don't know, five, six movies, you know, 10 years worth of movies like the MCU to build up these relationships would have been a very powerful scene. But Diana, you fought alongside Superman one time, didn't say a single word to him. And Bruce, you were trying to kill him because you thought he was a menace to society. And now you want to bring him back with dark side technology. This (laughs) does not work. And I'm sorry, $30 million worth of recuts isn't going to make it work either. Uh, yeah, so, I feel with DC, like, I, I, first of all, I'm pretty biased. Like, I'm more of a Marvel person anyway. So, I, yeah. I, so but I feel uh, like with the DC movies, like, they, it's like how you're saying Marvel, the way that the, that the movies were rolled out, the way that they've been filming it, it's like they're keeping in mind everything like okay if we put this movie if we do the movie this way like this has to be a build up to the movie that we know is going to come later on i feel like dc is just doing individually like okay let's just do this movie and let's just set up the course and how it is and just have it be that way i would say though that recently in terms of the dc films they've gotten better individually right Mm -hmm. but it still doesn't make sense because you're trying to cultivate and build this dc universe but it feels like they're just focusing on just one singular movie at a time without any connection. And like you're saying, and then when you're watching them all t- come together, it's kind of like, yo, what the hell is going on? Like, this is weird. Yeah. Well, and Aaron, I yeah. mean, they, and, and they you, did it. You, like, you, you know what I wish? You, you know what I wish? You know, Callie, and, I, and, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but you know what I wish? I wish that DC would do what Nintendo did. And what Nintendo did was they said, we are not going to out graphics Microsoft and Sony. We're not going to outgritty Microsoft and Sony. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to stick to making our weird, cartoony, kiddish type games, and you're going to love them because they're good games. And when I look at something like Harley Quinn, and I say, wow, DC still got it when it comes to animation. They are still by far the best at making animated, you know, series, you know, based around superheroes, why wouldn't you just sit back and make goo gobs of money doing that? Because Harley Quinn is some of the best shit out there, period. Justice League period. Dark Apocalypse War <clears throat> just ended what has been about a 10-year run of the DC Extended Universe in the animated world. And guess what? Almost every movie, every one of those animated films is really good. And like when that animated universe ended, I was like, I sat there with Rob and we were just like, Jesus, that was great. Like, it, it is what Marvel did with uh, live-action movies. They've just done it in the animated universe. Well, similar. All right, so so a lot of you guys just hit on a lot of really, really great points. Uh, um, Norris, to, to your question about you don't get why they don't just focus on what they're good at, money. As great as we think that the animated movies are, they're not one billion box office. And that, unfortunately, going to Aaron's point, is what's wrong with DC. It's not actually DC. It's Warner Brothers. Marvel gets to make Marvel stuff, and these are the creators that have had the same passion for these characters for years now. But Warner Brothers is a bunch of executives sitting in a room saying, all right, how do we replicate Marvel's success but without having to spend 10 years doing it? We need need our own Avengers right now. That's what was wrong with Justice League is they wanted their own Avengers movie right now, and they didn't want to put the time and the work into it. Boom. Okay, that that part that part fair. I was about to say if you think Disney ain't a bunch of executives sitting around making <laughs> no, you know no, million dollars, it is. But the difference, are. but the difference is, is that they're that they're smart enough to know that let's let the comic book people make the comic books, right? There's no Disney guy sitting in listening to all the plans and going, okay, okay, mm, Haley Atwell as as Peggy Carter, and they don't get together. I think maybe we should look into getting Meg Ryan, and there should definitely, like, they definitely need to hook up at the end. Like, no one's in there no, doing that. the last movie <laughs> Meg Ryan been in, bro? But, but that's the point. Warner Brothers is out of touch, and 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 they're trying to make these movies by, like, you know, panel and, and committee, and, and, and they're not just getting, you know, someone who loves DC who and who understands. They don't know how to make Superman human. Okay, they look at Superman. And go, he's alien from another planet. Fair, bro, we, we don't bro, know how to, to do that. Fair, don't you say fair, no? Comics, no, the comics bullshit. don't do a great job bullshit. of making Superman. I hate Bull Superman. 
You're not no. going to get me to read one Superman and book. And I, I did, and I did as well, and I'm not going to try to get you to do that. But he's an immigrant coming to America and living, quote-unquote, the American dream. I'm sorry, though. No, I've never said he's called Superman an immigrant. You've that's never what, heard that before. That's what the that's comics, what he is. That's the lessons that but the comics put on you, though. Yes. Yeah, no, it's true. It's but they true. look it's at true. him and they go, no, nah, we don't know what to do with him, man. Well, well, but right, I'm sorry. Right. You know, that is fair, 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 Robbie, fair. But you know, to me, again, the Snyder Cut and all this is just emblematic of this really crazy minority. And as you said, and I agree with you, uh, folks who completely have no idea what the hell they're doing and have no passion for these characters and these comics, and will continually botch this up. They about to throw the it. We got time. We have nothing to yeah. do. Just drop this so we can just drop the cut so we can end this whole release of cider cut. Like if it's trash, let it be trash. I, that's how I feel. I'm like at this point, we ain't getting. We're not getting any new movies anytime soon. So if DC <laughs> feels if Snyder wants to prove a point, if DC like yeah, let's put something out. Whatever, just put it out at this point because I. I <laughs> well, and, and actually. Uh, Aaron, I'd like to agree with you here, um, and and this this is the one uh, ray of hope that I'm kind of holding on to is uh, first of all, first no 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 no, not that it's going to be good. I hope oh, okay. that it's trash, okay, and <laughs> and it's going to be trash. Look, I watched it, and there's no amount of behind the scenes films or or unused footage that Snyder has up his pocket that Joss would have looked at and said, no, not including that. That Snyder's like, well, that's what would have made it good, okay? You can't make the movie good. So this is going to be terrible. But here's, I think, where the hope is, right? The DC movies have been getting better, and they've been going away from this sort of, you know, this this dark version of the world that Snyder had envisioned. So personally, I don't think that the whole Snyder cut is, was the DC, is, a, is like a DC Warner Brothers gambit. I think that HBO Max needs more content, and they see all these people clamoring for the Snyder Cut. So they're like, hey, if we help pay for it, give us the Snyder Cut. Warner Brothers has nothing to lose in this endeavor, right? They're finally giving the the, the people what they want, quote unquote, air quotes, right? But when it comes out and it's t- still terrible, hopefully, hopefully people finally realize, oh, okay, yeah, it was just bad. And maybe we should stop screwing with stuff. The majority yeah. of them are white nerds. So that's not going to happen. But we can hope. <laughs> the Last Jedi is not canon. Yeah. No, The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars film but, since Empire. But, but anyway, there's, there's, uh, levels, there's levels to, hold on, I'm sorry, but there's levels to trash, though. So I guess, like, what, because you know how there's, like, some bad movies, you're like, yo, that was, like, a good bad movie. Like, it was a bad yes. movie, but, like, it's like, I kind of like it, but it's really trash. I'm wondering, like, is this going to be, you feel like it's going to be, like, a complete trash cut? Or do you feel like, oh, this is not a bad, like, trash cut of this at all this, this is the It'll best be that we're gonna this is the best it. that we're gonna get from the snyder cut is a few more scenes or cute moments you know from gal gadot or ezra miller or jason momoa because them as the characters in the movie they had some good moments right yeah but other than that no no, no, it would be double trash because you took a trash movie and then we gave you a mulligan and said you could try it again and you still made it trash. So it's gonna be double trash. So I mean, I, that's that's my feelings on it, unfortunately. But I am looking forward to the new Wonder Woman movie because Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is, in my opinion, the only redeeming part of any of the DC cinematic universe right now, personally to me. But unfortunately, we only lead a conversation there and bring it home to a very weird article from Kotaku where these guys looked in the most successful brothel in Second Life. That is that is correct. It's about to get real weird here <laughs> on Checkpoint yeah. AFK, so stick around. Hey, what's up? It's James. And Robbie. Hey, and it's Weird Beard. And we're bringing you a brand new radio show called Checkpoint XP. You don't have to be an expert, even though I am. And we're here to give you everything you need to know about the world of video games. Interviews from the biggest professionals and your everyday gamers. We've got you covered at Checkpoint XP. Whether you're a professional player or somebody who hasn't played in a while, we have something for everybody. Hang out with us at Checkpoint XP every single week on your radio. Find out where we're playing in your hometown at our website, CheckpointXP.com. So if you're looking to have some fun and talk about video games, we got the rundowns for things that matter to you. Checkpoint Checkpoint XP. XP. 
your home for esports and gaming. Got it that time. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Is Diamond Dust an energy drink or an RPG attack? Mm, Diamond Dust. We're trying to go through and think. So, can I ask any questions about these energy drinks? Are they like well-known brands? It, it's literally just the. It's, it's literally countries? just the flavor. It yeah. doesn't say anything else about it. So I, you, I don't so even know don't what even the actual know. drink is. Like, yeah. I don't know what this uh, what this flavor is. A subsidiary. So of. you just you just got to off the dome, man. Diamond Dust. Best okay. guess. Hmm, Diamond Dust. To me, that sounds like an RPG spell, so I'm going RPG. Hey guys, welcome back to Checkpoint AFK, the show where we talk about everything away from the keyboard and still talk a little bit about video games. But uh, we want to make sure you guys all slide over to the website, CheckpointXP.com, where you can check out all of our cool articles, all of our cool shows. We got a portal that leads to all the you know cool offerings that we have where you can check it out from the other identity, our comic book podcast hosted by Robbie Landis, as well as the Owl's Nest also hosted by Robbie Landis and Checkpoint XP on campus, which is not hosted by Robbie Landis. It's hosted by me, Norris Howard. So make sure you guys slide over to the website, checkpointxp.com and get all the cool stuff. Now, uh, you know, we talk about a lot of weird things here on Checkpoint AFK and Kotaku recently put out a feature uh, from one of their editors, Luke Plunkett, and Luke puts out really cool stuff, but they put out a feature, a journey inside Second Life's most expensive brothel. That's right. The brothel inside Second Life. There's two things that are weird and shocking about this. The first being, holy shit, people still play Second Life. and <laughs> People make a second, living in Second Life. Yeah. And the second part is, if you guys watch this video... um. And I, I I caution, just go search it because I don't know if I'll you know violate TOS by putting it in the chat. But um, if you watch this video, um, this is the most uncomfortable conversation about video games I have ever heard in my life. All right, so, yeah, so I, just, before we get started on this, I need I need to no, I need to get this proper, out there. To give proper credit where credit is due, um, this is actually a video. Uh, 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 Luke Plunkett wrote, wrote a, a small article kind of directing to it. But it's a video yeah. by People Make Games uh, on yes. YouTube. Yeah. All right. So go ahead. Kelly. I'm going to go ahead and just get this out there and tear this bandage off uh, because for years we did Limit Break Radio and we were always uh, harsh to the role players out there, which Norris, I know you are an avid FF14 role player. I am, uh, a, I am an RPer. So here's where I uh, come out of the closet once again and say not only was I and am still an avid role player, both in FF14 and out, I was also an avid erotic role player and I worked in a brothel no! in FF14 no! for no! many years. Oh, Kelly, no. <laughs> How are you dropping this out? What? I just I, I figure if we're gonna have this conversation, I might as well be honest about it. It is true. If you ERP, but I am not ERP. If you were an ERPer on Balmung, there is a good chance that I sucked your dick at some point. Oh man, there's levels to this. Yes. Oh my god, this is. This is truly a bombshell, Callie. Okay, I well, you know... I will, I will ask more about <sighs> this, and I really and truly genuinely hope... Um, I know your username, so I know I didn't run it. <laughs> you, you know you did That's correct. Sure, but I'm almost sure that a few of my friends did, but... All right, well, video. first of all, uh, <clears throat> Callie, yes. if uh, the whole Checkpoint XP thing doesn't work out for you, there is a legitimate way in Second Life that you could have a whole nother second income. In um, my yeah. college years, I... Uh, okay, I guess this is another embarrassing thing to do, but in my college oh, years, I was uh, big enough in doing erotic roleplay that I could charge people money in real life for an hour session. <laughs> See? So you've got a resume. Yeah. You've got a resume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know what? Listen, listen. I can respect that. Listen, Get it, you're girl. in college. It's rough out here. So if you're going to do it virtually, that's a lot more safer than in real life. So I said, get your bag. Amen. All the get money, none of the bag. STDs. 
Uh, listen, <laughs> listen. I'm I'm with it. I'm with it because it is many, you know, people as I knew who, you know, stripped in college or maybe did a little more than that. Um, I can't necessarily uh, fault anybody for getting involved in this type of lifestyle. And listen, OnlyFans is popping right now, okay? Everybody got an OnlyFans. I contemplated starting an OnlyFans, bro. Everybody got an OnlyFans. So looking at this thing and, and, and this, this brothel in Second Life, uh, I don't think anybody should be surprised. But when wow. you watch this video... <laughs> And really see how this whole thing is set up. You see how involved and how detailed this thing is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the part that I think becomes a little disturbing. There's there, there's 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 one scene where uh, the guy conducting the interview or you, you know the uh, the lady that he's talking to mentions that you know some of the um, workers you know want to do like a girl next door thing. So they created like an entire like suburb within Second Life to be able to facilitate that. Like, their own whole little tiny city. Uh, honestly, it, yeah. honestly, I'm just not, like, when I, mean, when I saw that article and I watched that video, I, I don't know, maybe I'm getting numb to all this craziness because I'm like, okay, people are doing that, but there are, like, people in real life who are, like, marrying dolls. You know? I, it's just... <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, that's like, true. I feel, I feel, but but also I feel like there's the the one thing that we have to always keep in mind, which is why I didn't find this whole thing weird, is that video games are an escape from realism for people. Like people live out their fantasies in video games, whether they want to be a hero or they want to uh, be, look stronger and buffer than they really do in life. There's some people they're like, oh, there's stuff in real life in terms of like, I can't, I can't go to a brothel in real life, so let me live this out in virtually. So I think that like, I don't know, I just don't. It's it's I don't find it as weird, I guess. But then again, I feel like I'm numb to just a lot of stuff. Well, I can't tell you how therapeutic it was back in the days of being in the closet to be able to play a woman in game and be who I thought I was. So, yeah. There there was actually also a a few parts during this video that uh, I don't think that that, that empowering is the right word because it's it's not empowering me. But there were a few times where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you go and do that. Because she was talking about how in, in this particular one, again, this is the most expensive brothel in Second Life called the Monarchy. And uh, all of the um, the workers in here have like really crazy, almost anime esque proportions. And she talks yeah. about how when they first started, that a lot of the places that they tried to do this at, they were like, no, 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 nobody's into that. Nobody wants to see that. And they're like, you know what? Screw you. We're gonna do our own thing. And now they are the most expensive, most successful one in Second Life. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Screw you guys. You do what you want to do. Yeah, and you know, I, I I agree with you guys. It's not so much that I, I find it disturbing or I think that it, it shouldn't be. I just think it's one of those things where, you know, we talk about video games and everybody wants to talk about, especially in MMOs, everybody wants to talk about that ability to live out your fantasies, to have essentially, quote unquote, for lack of a better term, and I hate this pun, a second life. But at the same time, to me, it starts to get really weird when you start talking about the exchange of in real life money. Now, I understand, you know, uh, that there is sex work, there's sex workers, but uh, what happens when something like this becomes big enough to where there is an actual cottage economy involved in this? And, you know, it's making enough noise. I don't want these people who are essentially making a living off of something like this to all of a sudden be without an income because a government decided to legislate that, oh, you can't do it anymore. And on top of that, uh, what happens, because I will say this, I have been playing 14 and stumbled into a group <laughs> ERP session. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. And oh, no. I, did not part- I did not participate. I did not participate. I did not inhale. Okay. <laughs> but what I'm saying is... No Right. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, what if there's somebody who, you know, really loses it because of this stuff? You know, I I just see a lot of I see a lot of potential ways this could go wrong for a lot of people. Well, so just like there's cam girls, which is like the interactive equivalent to 
a porn video, I would think ERP would be the interactive equivalent to erotic novels, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's that weird of a concept when you look at it yeah. in terms of the sex work industry <laughs> that people could take, like, a lot of people love reading erotic literature. That's been true since the fucking 1200s. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, yeah. though, in an era where we can interact and help craft the story in a way that we want it to, whether the story be getting pounded for 30 minutes or something more deep than that, uh, yeah. it's not surprising, I think, that people would want to have a way to interact with their erotica. I mean, yeah, I think we've, we've said it forever. I, when porn makes it on the on virtual reality, that's when virtual reality will really start taking off. It's oh, no dude, different we, anywhere said, else. we said that on this show many times. When, v, when, when porn... Fully adopts VR when you are able to put your VR headset on and you got your whole playlist and it's ready and you we're we're not quite there yet. It's not full adoption quite yet. It's close. But once we get to the point where there's like a parlor that you go to and you throw on a headset and there's all sorts of accoutrement to make the whole thing, you know, of a full sensory experience. VR will take off like you've never seen before. The Matrix will not come to, you know, use people for energy. People will willingly put themselves in the Matrix to have sex with one another. That is what's going to happen. So when it's I getting there, it, though, it's uh, yeah, uh, sorry, I'm going to cut you off in terms of the VR thing. I don't think it's necessary that the, the, the porn industry is not there. It's just the fact that VR is not ex- yeah. affordable. It's just not affordable to most people. And but once that affordability happens, that tra- that crossover is gonna happen. And I have to say, yeah. yo, kudos to Pornhub because they're always doing some far out different stuff, and I see it on Twitter all the time. Um, but I feel like once once that affordability happens, that that transformation from uh, you know, doing it within games is going to go over into having that VR headset. Now, the only thing though is, is it going to affect the 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 individuals who are are currently doing it within the game and not everyone will be able to cross over into that full immersive VR experience. Maybe they, well, yeah. maybe they will, you know, I don't know. And, and that's sort of my, and that's sort of my point is that, you know, okay. When the servers, the second life go down, which it, it, inevitably they will, uh, cause all servers eventually shut down game shut down. But when those servers close down, you have a group of people now who simply, you know, there were people in that video who said, this is my income. You know what I mean? Like this One is lady what mentioned I mentioned that she was able living. to pay for a uh, LASIK because of uh, uh, yeah. you know what she was doing in there. Yeah. One girl, yeah, I, one girl on Twitch the other night was saying how one of her people on Twitch bought her a hot tub. Did you see that tweet going around? Yay! Yeah, Wait, right? What? Some girl was like, "Man, right, exactly." Oh, make a well Where's my hot tub? Listen, the simp life is real. The simp life is real. Okay, you people are out here ready to trick. Okay, and that's what I'm saying is that when Second Life shuts down, you're gonna have a lot of money that is just going to dissipate for these folks. And so, you know, Aaron, Aaron, but Aaron's right though. So it's like when the when the when the VR situation happens, everybody ain't gonna have the technology to be able to, you know, create those VR things. And yeah, it's just going to put some sex workers out of work, man. It is. I, 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 I mean, yes, it's not like uh, that we can say that, that no one will be unaffected, but you know, given time, uh, (laughs) porn and, 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 and and, and the, the need of humans is not just going to go away. It will find a way to migrate or move on. Um, but so, uh, so porn, yeah. porn finds a way. It, it does, and but to be fair, it's not just porn. Uh, my my favorite line from that entire thing was actually the lady who said, you know, because he's like, is it just you know, like 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 the porn, the sex work? And they're like, no, you know, sometimes people just want to talk. Um, and uh, the Dragon Ball people, she said, the Dragon Ball people who want to like you know like fight yeah. and stuff like that, they pay more than the sex ones. I when I so when I was doing this for cash, I, I said it in the chat. I charged twenty bucks an hour back in the day. And there were plenty of people who only would have used about $6 worth of that. And then they would just want to talk for the rest of the remaining session or like do story role play that centered around the sex. Like it was, this is amazing. It was pretty normal. Like this whole, this whole conversation, Callie, you have taken the whole tenor of this conversation. I thought was going to go one way and it completely shot off into another. Okay. Galaxy I just, I just, I just made a connection movie. here. Yeah. I just made a connection here. So when we were creating our characters for Mass Effect uh, RPG that we have yet to do, mm-hmm. 
uh, to play. Yep. Uh, there was the conversation we had where apparently a lot of the characters that you make for RPGs always have the background of coming from a brothel. Uh, so, yeah, uh, both the Star Wars campaign and the uh, um, uh, Song of Ice and Fire campaign that I did before that, both those characters had a background of either working in a brothel or sex work. Absolutely. You know, that's really progressive of you, Callie. <laughs> I, I don't know if and it is. Maybe. And that's really nice. But, you know, I, I, I brought this up and I think this is interesting because I, I just want to ask this last question and then we'll break out. Digital sex work, will it have a place? Is this a foregone conclusion that this is just the future of sex work? It will be this way. It's not just OnlyFans. We're going to have digital sex workers in MMOs and, and VR. Is this just the, the ship has sailed? This is the future. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. It's not that it will happen. It's already happened. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 like so many things that happens under the cover of darkness. But like digital sex work in FF14 was pervasive from the word go. So yeah, I I would say it already yeah. exists. I think you said it best, Norris. Porn finds a way. Thank you, Porn. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> that Porn. is t-shirt worthy. Porn <laughs> finds a way. Um, but you know, yeah, I, listen. Just like anything in life, things are going to advance. There's going to be change. I mean, at the end of the day, like real life, it sounds so weird for me to say, but real life sex is still going to still it's still going to be there, right? But there's there's going to be other avenues that people can explore in terms of their preference and and, and sexual orientation and, and stuff like that. I think that I actually like this because it's creating more of a healthier sex positive conversation and especially more of a positive conversation around sex workers because I feel like there are so many things that um, people look down upon in terms of sex workers and there's also a lot of like stereotypes and certain things that I feel like need to be dispelled the same way that there are things about strippers that need to be dispelled. It's like not every stripper is on drugs and is like sleeping with the customer. Like some of them are just doing it to get through no, medical like, school. Like, my, my, my fiance is heavy on the stripper vlog. She watches a lot of stripper vlogs and my life has just, I have a newfound understanding for the day-to-day ins and outs of stripper life. And I'm going to be honest, man, it it's not an easy life choice. So you're absolutely right. It's not the simplest thing to just hop up and do. Like people think, oh, you're a stripper. You got it easy. Nah, bruh. Strippers is hurting right now. Think about that. When the club closed, what you doing? They're really interesting. You just got to take the time to talk. Like, <laughs> I guess this is funny. So like, I, I have several best guy friends and mm-hmm. I would go with them to strip clubs. And when I go to strip clubs with them, I'm the kind of person where it's like, like, girl, I'm not going to give you money for something that I also have myself. Uh, but <laughs> I will talk to you. I will talk to you. I don't know what it is. I always end up befriending a stripper at the strip club and like would learn so much about them. And then there was one of them who literally, uh, I don't know how we got into the conversation. We were talking, it was telling me about like trying to go through medical school and like, did you know didn't have uh, uh, the parents weren't quite there and wanted to be a doctor and provide change so didn't go by her real name and she's stripping but she, she all she does is go she strips and she goes home so then she she wanted to be I forget what kind of like doctor but like she wanted to have change and to and to do bigger things and I'm like yo that is awesome and she's finding a way that can work for her that can help her because yo student debt is ridiculous hey, like no one yeah, I should have I, I, I listen I should have been doing what Callie was doing in college I should have been doing some cyber sex work all writers attention hurts uh, hurts hurts the pockets but no one <laughs> begrudges an athlete for taking a scholarship to go to college why would you begrudge anyone for using the body they were given to make their way in the world if somebody would pay for what i got i'd be putting pictures out there i'm just putting that up there right now hey. Show the feet. <laughs> see that's but see in that and, and i'm gonna leave it at that everybody out here truly hating on this because i'm not hating on it i just found it a bit strange also like the the body proportions of the of the actual the one chick her boobs like, never stopped moving they just like floated yeah. around yeah like, they, put, they put dead or really... alive to shame man it was <laughs> you know how hard that is to do. I know, man. I know, but um, I, I think you know to you guys' point, and and you know my personal belief is that I still think that we're a little too uh, prudish when it comes to having truly honest and open conversations about sex, about 
uh, sexual orientation, about sexual exploration. And so I think this is a step in the right direction uh, to get people to really understand what it is that they are and what it is that they like. And so uh, I think it's important for those type of folks. And I also think it's important uh, for people to have as many avenues to streams of income as possible uh, that don't break the law. Especially in the uh, pandemic. Especially during the pandemic. So uh, with that said, guys, uh, that's going to be our show. We thank Aaron Simon so much for joining us uh, on the show. And like, yo, you are always welcome here back on the show at any time. Anytime you're like, I don't know where to talk about this. You're welcome (laughs) because we will talk about it here. Uh, Where can everybody find you and uh, follow you if they want? Yeah, so you can find me at Erin A. Simon, E-R-I-N as in Nancy, the letter A-S-I-M as in mother, O-N as in Nancy. And no, my name is not Arena. I know people see that A. It is Erin Ashley Simon. I have to, yo, know, people, I don't know what it is. I get my name butchered a lot because of my username. But if you look at my mm-hmm. thing, it says Erin Ashley Simon. So all social media platforms there. All right. All right. And don't forget, guys, you can also check us all out at CheckpointXP.com. That's going to be our show for Aaron Simon, Callie Sloan, and Robbie Landis. I'm Norris Howard. We want you guys to stay safe out there. And don't forget, as always, Black Lives Matter. See you later. <laughs>